As I mentioned that, well, eight-month-long battle between Cricket SA as well as uh, the former CEO, Tabang Murray, uh, and Cricket's mother body seems to have come to a grinding halt this afternoon. And now, just before we went there, Cricket SA released a statement uh, stating that uh, Murray had been dismissed with immediate effect. Uh, let's now hear from his lawyer, Michael Mutsuaneng-Bull, uh, who joins me on the line. Michael, thank you so much for taking our time and for being patient. Welcome to the show. Hello, Robert. Good to be talking to you. Did you expect this that has happened this afternoon? Um, yeah, I mean, they've been uh, trying to do what they did today for a long time. Um, the first time they made this attempt was way early in August, and we've been um, sort of trying to fight um, to fight this. In fact, today um, they got the they managed to dismiss Mr. Moro in his absence because I, together with Mr. Moro, were sitting in the labor courts um, with a view to interdict the process that was underway. And the reason why we want to interdict it, Robert, is is because we believe that uh, Cricket South Africa has put the cart before the horse. They are not proving uh, what Mr. Murray has done. They're inviting Mr. Murray to come and explain why he shouldn't be dismissed. So we know that there's there's been reports, uh, uh, none of which have been laid. So it's almost like somebody moving from the premise that you've done something wrong and saying, tell us why we shouldn't dismiss you. Make written representations if you can't make it. And we are saying, no, 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 that's not how it goes. You have a policy that applies to all employees. You have a contract that applies to all employees that says where allegations of wrongdoing are alleged, you will have a hearing. And a hearing does not start with the person that's been accused explaining why he shouldn't be dismissed. It starts with the accuser coming and saying and proving its case and the accuser meeting the accused and allowing the accused to ask him questions and cross-examine and interrogate the evidence against him. So we're having a situation where without uh, Funduzi, who are the forensic investigators, without Mr. More, I beg your pardon, Funduzi, forensic investigators, whose report is relied upon, right? There's no evidence from them. They started the process from the back, and 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 that's what we went to the labor court to to resist. And as we were doing that, as we were waiting for our matter to be heard, we were the judge was able to hear us at five o'clock. Two hours before that, we then got news that they have in fact dismissed him. So what has happened is the eight-month battle that you've described in your preamble to uh, or your introduction to this segment. Mm. That eight-month battle is still a long way away. So the because of the new change. So we went to court to stop the process. And the process continued, notwithstanding the fact that we are sitting in the labor court. Now we are going back to court on the 8th of September, which is a few days from now, to mm. say that the dismissal was contrary to the contract. I mean, in what world does CSA exist where somebody needs to say why they shouldn't be dismissed if the accusations haven't been proven? And that's really the, the essence of our case. So you're finding a situation where he's now dismissed at a time when he's exercising his right to uh, pursue alternative legal recourse by way of a court. So the eight-month battle and what, whatever little victory the CSA might perceive itself to have gained today is going to be short-lived because on the 8th of September, we are going to be in court explaining to the court um, how this dismissal has happened, and, 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 and we're feeling very confident because 
Because when you enter into a contract with an employee saying that when, when I want to dismiss you, this is the process that I'm going to follow, it is not open to you because of whatever uh, considerations of uh, expeditiousness and convenience that might exist because we have an, an, an impending AGM on the 5th to then simply disregard your contract and dismiss that employee. So, so it's a long way away, Robert. I was actually going to bring in the issue of the 5th of September, which you've just alluded to now. But before, before I even get your comment about that, how does it sit with you when publicly now, based on everything that you've said, they inform the entire world? And I said this when the show started. This has been, you know, breaking news, whether it's the BBC, ESPN, Crick, uh, Crick anything, whether it's Cricknet, Crick Info, whatever it is, it, it, it's been covered. They say that the independent forensic investigation revealed that Mr. Tabang Mure had committed acts of serious misconduct, uh, which warranted the sanction of dismissal. Are you aware of what these acts of serious misconduct are that this forensic investigation has revealed? And that's exactly my point. You, you see, a forensic report in and of itself is not an indication of any wrongdoing. It, it is only just that, an opinion of an investigator saying, I believe that wrongdoing has been committed. The ultimate test comes when the employer then takes that forensic report and gives it to the employee and tests it. In other words, allowing the employee to then say, I agree, or actually, you might think this, but can I give you another version? Let me tell you this about the forensic report. Mm-hmm. Mr. Moreau was invited by Funduti to come and give his side of the story. And we said, absolutely, we'd like to do that, but can you give us his hard drive and all the access to his computers? And before we were provided with his hard drive and the uh, uh, access to his emails, Funduti released a report. Naturally, what that meant is that whatever report was done didn't have the benefit of Mr. Murray's story. But that's not, a, that's not quite the moment where it gets worse. That report that we've been provided is the sanitized version of the report. There are two reports that exist. One that is provided to us because it is what I call the, the Moret report because it's sanitized and specifically targeted at one individual. If yes. you remember, the purpose of yes. the investigation was not to target an individual, but to look at the affairs of the institution. And I was going to say here, Michael, report, sorry, just very quickly, and, and I know that you're leading towards something very, very important. Now, that report, that forensic report, also implicates the board? In a big way, in a big way, in a, in, a, in a very big way. I mean, it's not like, I mean, think about uh, some of the allegations that are there. Mr. Moret didn't wake up one day and uh, out of frolic of his own, decide to take the decisions. He, he, was executing, he was executing the mandate of the board. And the, and the manner in which they've approached this hearing is that they've deprived him of the opportunity to say, actually, can I have my board come and, and, and tell me what I've done wrong and let me have the right to cross-examine them. So in other words, the people that are making allegations against you are the very same people that are judging you. Imagine, imagine that world where the accuser is also the arbiter. That's the essence of what CSA has done. Back to the forensic report. The right. issue then is even, so remembering that Mr. Murray didn't have the benefit of a response to that, and remembering that there's two reports, an, an unusual fa- set of circumstances, that same forensic report was not advanced and led in evidence. 
because they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to prove their case. They say, come and tell us. So they give you a forensic report and say, tell us why we shouldn't dismiss you. That's not how the law works in this country. Perhaps in another country, but certainly in this country, where you have a forensic report, that forensic report is nothing but hearsay. It's meaningless. It is meaningless until it is led by the person who authored it. We haven't met the person that authored the report. We, were, we, we had no prospect of meeting the person that authored the report because the process started from the end. Tell us why we shouldn't dismiss you. Not them understanding that they bear the onus of proving that we've done something wrong in the first place. But, but the fortunate thing, Robert, is that mm. we have courts in this country. And yeah. yes, and yes, it makes for good uh, media reports to salvage the the bad image of running and, and making promises and on, the, on the 5th of December around a forensic report, but only initiating the forensic investigation in March and only having the outcome of that forensic investigation come out in July. Of course, one would be desperate to salvage one's reputation and dismiss an employee at whatever cost, and that's what happened. But this is certainly not the end of the matter. Uh, Sadly, sadly, Robert, is that from a public perspective and what you've alluded to, um, it does look like, oh, they've won. But naturally, as, as matters will unfold in the days to come, um, we think we should be able to vindicate Mr. Morgan. No, absolutely no. Trust me, I, I would have no indication here, Michael, of, of, of their winning, having been you know, so embroiled in cricket issues uh, these past couple of weeks and months as well that um, you know, one is privy to a lot that's, that's happening. I was going to ask you, though, from a, a legal perspective, and, and bear in mind I've got 90 seconds left of the show, would you be in a position to, I don't know, interdict this AGM from the 5th? Because remember, again, some of the people who are in the board who would have been implicated as well directly if Tabangwure is, are vying for positions even as high as wanting to be the president of Cricket SA? Well, we congratulate them and wish them all the luck. And our interest is not to interdict the the AGM. Um, and, 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 and yes, they, they might very well succeed. Our, our interest is, is to have a proper disciplinary inquiry. And, and when, that, when that happens, so that's what we went to court today, to mm. interdict the process against Mr. Moro. We don't have an interest in, in interdicting the AGM. I think the AGM should happen. And I think uh, the uh, Cricket South Africa will look very good at that AGM because they would have kept their promise. You'll remember Mr. Nenzani spoke to you and told you just how much he's going to find a new CEO. Um, uh, in circumstances where the current CEO hasn't even had his day in a disciplinary hearing. Uh, so, so the reality is uh, the 5th will come and go, but on the 8th we will be in court three days later. Incredible. Do keep us up to speed, Michael. This is a developing story. It is not one where a full stop can be put into it. And thank you for your clarity. Whatever you've said makes a great deal of sense. And we will keep our listeners highly, highly informed. Michael Mutsuanengbul, thank you so much indeed for your time. You're welcome. My goodness. Wow.